That was one of my biggest contentions when we were, you know, we had children and they were little. Buy these things that didn't come, you had to put them together. A nightmare. Because inevitably the instructions were in Chinese. You couldn't read them, so you look, I just look at the box and go by that. And there's always parts left over. And, it, you know, day after Christmas it was broken. It must have been. Anyway, I, I wasn't good at it. So there was many a frustrated Christmas Eve in my house. For me, anyway. Oh, praise God. Well, listen. I'm excited. All right, I've got to move, right? Is that we've decided we've got to move one way or the other? All right, I'm moving this way this week because I moved that way last week. Yeah, we've got some crossover thing going here with the microphones. We're going to get it sorted out, so just relax. If, I mean, if you're at a point where you just cannot receive from the pastor, if he's not standing in the middle, come on up here and we'll pray for deliverance. All right? You know, and I, it's a funny story. I, there was a pastor that, that wanted to move a piano from one side of the platform to the other and just about had a church split over it, over a piano being moved. So he moved it an inch at a time. After about a year, it was on the other side. Something, yeah. All right. Today, I want to talk to you about something. I, I really believe that the Lord, we're on the verge of some pretty exciting things happening in the body of Christ. I think that God's getting ready to do some pretty major things. But that doesn't, that doesn't come just because we decide it's a good thing. The enemy is still the enemy, and we still have to live life. How many of you have discovered that even this week, life happened? Oh, life happened, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's not always fun when life happens. Um, and so, but I want to tell you something. What, what's going on right now the enemy really doesn't want people to move forward. And I'm really going to challenge you today. And the title of this message is Step Out of the Boat. It's time. It's time to step out. Okay, now I was discussing with our leadership a little bit last night. And I was talking about, do you know there's 3,000 families coming to this area within the next year to work on the locks? 3,000. Are we as a body prepared for 20 families, 10 families, 5 families to show up with 17 kids? And are we prepared ministry-wise to take care of all that? We're going to be. If we're not, we will be. All right? Um, we, but I want to be ahead of this thing. But see, the enemy is trying to stop us from moving forward. And the only way the enemy can stop the, the, the church from moving forward is to stop you from moving forward because you are the church. And do you know there is lots of stuff that needs to be done around here? But we need people to step up and do it. And sometimes you need to step out of your comfort zone. When I tell people, you know what, God has called you to do something, immediately they think about pulpit ministry or preaching or this or that. Do you know the Bible called some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, okay, to do that. But he called all to serve in the kingdom. And what are these supposed to do? You know, because what is my job? My job is to equip the saints to do the work. Oh, it's a nasty word in the body of Christ. Work? To do the work of the what? Ministry. That means helping people. That means whatever needs to be done. You, you know, you have abilities. You have gifts God's given you. Use them for the kingdom. So I want to start... And, and I'm, gonna, I'm going somewhere with this. 
But we're going to have to, but you're going to, it's going to take me a minute to get there. See, the enemy is using business, life situations, um, anything to distract us from the truth that we can have what the Lord says we can have. He is desperately hoping that you don't get a hold of the fact that everything is already provided for you and you start walking in that because if you start walking in that, his days are numbered in your life. Because we, we, we allow him to steal, kill, and destroy things that God has meant for us to have. Sometimes by our own decisions that we make. All right, so Matthew 14, in verse 22, it says, now, this is a very familiar story. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And he sent the multitudes away. Now, Jesus sent the, he was going up to pray. He's going to pray, and he said, I want you guys to get in this boat. I've been preaching all day. I'm going up to pray. You get in the boat and go to the other side. So, Jesus wasn't with them, but he sent them on an assignment. How many of you know, anytime you've ever stepped out to try to do anything, spiritual or for the Lord, all of a sudden there may be some kind of a hindrance? I'm sure that some of you tried to get, you You know what, I'm, I'm going to church this morning. I'll bet you that probably wasn't all smooth and easy getting up this morning and getting here. And, you know, you even got an extra hour to sleep. Did that help? How many of you actually took the extra hour to sleep? Yeah, God bless you. Did you? Good. See, I didn't. I was up at the crack of dawn. Why? Because I had a message all set up, and the Lord gave me a completely different message. So I preached one message in Cedarville and preached a whole different message up here. So that happened at 5 o'clock this morning. So pray for me. <laughs> you know, I tried. I tried to roll over and said, Lord, I got an extra hour so I can wait an hour. And he says, oh, no, you can't. I said, okay, I'm getting up. Into the office I went. And so this one is hot off the press. All right? So he sends you on an assignment. Some of you sending you on an assignment is as simple as, I'm going to receive Christ into my life. And the enemy will give you every excuse why you shouldn't. Well, that's just that old religious stuff. No, 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 it's really not. It's a relationship. Well, that means I'm not going to be able to do all the fun things that I used to do. Well, I'm going to tell you what, when you get in Christ, all of a sudden what you consider fun is completely different. You know, I can have, I mean, we had a riot last night. I didn't wake up with a headache or nothing. Ooh, got quiet there. Put your rocks away. All right? In verse 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself alone to pray. And I'm in um, Matthew 14, 23. Now when evening had come, he was alone there. But now look at this. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. Anytime you're trying to walk anything out as a Christian, storms are going to come. I'm going to tell you something. Something that somebody said last night that really, really impacted me was, you know, I'm finally learning that I don't have to wait till the storm is over to decide that I can do something. I can do something in the middle of the storm because the power of God is in my life. How many people wait if once I get everything together, when, when, when I get myself all together, then I'll go to church. Wrong. Come to church. He'll help you get it together. If you're waiting to try to get it together on your own, it's never going to happen. If you're waiting for that perfect time for, for you to do something, it's never going to be the perfect time because once you overcome a problem, guess what's coming down the pipe? Another problem. 
Yeah, boy, this is pretty exciting stuff, huh? I go to church and they just tell me, well, problems keep coming and more problems are coming and there's more problems coming, but we have the power to overcome them. It's not a house for the healthy, it's a house for the sick. There you go. And so come here with all your mess and give it to the Lord and he'll clean up your mess. See, here's what happens. We get out there and all of a sudden life kicks up a storm. Many in your, right now, right now I know this, many of you are facing some kind of a storm in your life, some kind of difficulty because you live on this planet and you have to live life and it's not easy. It's not easy. See, now it says now in verse 20, and um, we've got to get God's perspective in the storm. When we're in the middle of a storm, all we can see is just the storm. But if you step back and see God's perspective, it's just a little thing that you're going to go through. We have got the authority and the power in us to walk through the storm and serve him at the same time. Too many people allow the enemy to distract them and say, well, I can't do it now because... Well, because I don't have this, I don't have... You have been getting everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. Walk in it. I'll get to that in a minute. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, now this is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., they're in this storm, and all of a sudden, here comes Jesus walking across the water, and they say, oh, it's a ghost. How many people don't even recognize Jesus when he shows up at your house to help you? You need to be aware of who and what he is and what he's trying to do. And they were troubled, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. He's saying the same thing today. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. No matter what it looks like, no matter how it sounds, no matter what things are shaking, do not be afraid. Things on this earth are being shaken. But we're not of this earth. We live on this earth. But see, we have an authority that we're not tapping into. And I'll get to that. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. And Peter, and Peter answered and said, Lord, you command me to come out on the water. And so Jesus said in verse 29, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked to the water to go to Jesus. Now, Jesus says, all right, come on and do this thing. Some of us need to go ahead and take the step of faith no matter what it looks like. You know, the sea was boisterous, but this is the interesting thing. He had his eyes on Jesus. Jesus says, come on out. He stepped out. And do you know, other than Jesus, Peter is the only one that I know in recorded history that ever walked on water. He walked on water, folks. He did. I keep trying. I haven't gotten there yet. My feet still getting wet. I'm trying puddles. I'm not going to Lake Superior yet. That's deep. Yeah, maybe, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. I can see the headlines now, you know. Pastor drowns Lake Superior trying to walk on water. Film at 11. That might be the problem. Too little of faith. And so he said, come. So Peter walked. Yeah, you got to have deep faith. <laughs> Jesus said, all right, now go do this thing. Now we're going to have to take a step. Now look, when he saw the wind was he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. 
He started to look at all the stuff around him, circumstances. But I've got to tell you something. People are looking for the answers in all the wrong places. We're looking for this power to overcome what we're in and where we're at or to be used by God in all the wrong places. I'm going to tell you right now, you are not going to find it in some of the places that the world is seeking to find it. You're not. You know, you can't call 1-900-I-got-a-demon and find out your future. I can tell you your future. It's really easy. Heaven or hell, depending on who you know. That's your future. And if it's in Christ, the Bible says, I've got a future for you, and it's a good one. There you go. You don't need to even give me a dime. That was free. You have a future in Christ. See, Peter began to look at the circumstances. We start looking at all the stuff that's going on around us. But the Lord is always there to help you walk through it. Now, why? Because he's given the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. It is time for us. 2 Timothy 2.1 in verse 6 says, Therefore, I remind you, this is Timothy, um, Paul talking to Timothy. I remind the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God, now verse 7, has not given us a spirit, but of power. I'm going to stop there for a minute. He has given us power. Where does this power come from? The power comes from the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit, you ask? I'm glad you ask. I'm going to tell you. It comes with right here. When you get born again, His Spirit slides right in here, and that is where the power comes from. We don't have to look. We don't have to ask God, God, give me the power. He's saying, I've already given you the power. It's in you. But we don't walk in it. We don't talk in it. We don't, we don't do anything in it. We, we still continue to allow the enemy to make us feel like we lack something and we've got to get something. He's used that same thing back in the garden. Well, you know if you eat of this fruit, you'll be wise like Jesus, and he doesn't want you. He made them feel like he lacked something. They lacked something. He tried to do the same thing to Jesus at, when he was led into the spirit of the wilderness. He tried to make Jesus think that you lack something, and I'll give you something. We don't lack anything. We've got it. It's in us. So when you're looking for this power, the power is within you. All you've got to do is walk it out. You can walk through your storm in the power of God that is in you. Now, some of you might be saying, well, I've never heard that before. It's the Bible. All right? So, so, in, so the power comes from the Holy Spirit that's in you. We don't have to be afraid. It's time to step out of the boat. It's time to step out and step up. Again, 3,000 people come to this area. Guess what? We're, we're not equipped to have a whole bunch of people just show up here because we got to get some things in place. And guess what that takes? The church. You know who the church is? That's you. That's what that means. We need you. We need you. you do not. Now, please don't be offended. Please don't be offended. You don't have to be a spiritual giant to work a computer. You don't have to be Elijah to be an usher. You're greater than Elijah because you got the Spirit of God in you. That's right. I'm just saying, you don't have to have some gift that you're waiting on God to downpour to serve. Jesus came to do what? Serve. We can all serve. There's all something that you can do. There's something I can find for you to do. All you got to do is be willing. Now, if you come to me and say, hey, I think I'm supposed to be the pastor of this church and up there praying. 
we're going to have a different conversation. It's been tried. See, the Holy Spirit lives in you. That is now here's first John four, four. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than he that's in the world. So we've overcome through what? Through the spirit that is within us. Why is it we get in the middle of a storm and we're waiting for God to do something when God did something? That makes sense. We're waiting for God to do something when he's already did something. He died, went to heaven, sent the Holy Spirit, said, there you go. I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Now walk in it and be happy. Now, without struggles, no. I'm not dismissing that there's pain and sickness and disease. But I'm saying we've got the power within us to walk through that stuff. But, But the enemy uses the same thing. He stops as well. I can't do anything because I've got to get past this first. Walk through it serving the Lord anyway. I mean, I, listen, I would love, there are days, I, I would love to tell you I am so spiritual that, I mean, there's days, I mean, I, there's days I can't wait to get to church, and then there's days I'm like, Lord, deliver me from these people. There's days. But you know what? I've got to be obedient. I've got to walk through my situations just like you have to walk through yours. You know, sometimes it's not easy standing up here when you know somebody's got sour grapes at you. You know, I mean, I've been delivered from faces, thank God, because, I mean, for years. And and other such things. And so in John 10.10, we talked about this. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you that you may have life and that you may have it life more abundantly. Now, the enemy uses all kinds of circumstances in life to try to discourage us, to try to stop us, to try to distract us. And right now, in the season we are in, I believe distraction is the biggest obstacle that we have to overcome. Because we get our focus on too many other things. Instead of keeping it on the Lord, and notice, when Peter was walking on the water, he had his focus on the Lord. When he got it off the Lord and he started looking at all the circumstances, that's when he started to fail. Because then you start trying to do things in your own strength. And then you get weary. And when you get weary, then all of a sudden, you start, faith starts to wane and fear starts coming in. That's why the Bible says in Jude chapter 20, or Jude 20, that, you know, we need to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. We need to do that. Why? Because we need to be strong. But the Bible says, stir yourself up. It does not say, come to church and the pastor will stir you up and woo, stir yourself up. You should be stirred up before you get here. You should be stirred. I should do the shaking. But let the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, and I can't emphasize this enough. Do you understand? Do you really understand how much the Lord has In you, it says, again, I have given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Okay, now, I'm going to the teacher over here. Greek, Hebrew, Latin, whatever. What does everything mean? This is some deep stuff. Now, listen, 
This is deep. Everything means everything. Amen. What a nugget. I know. That is pretty. Some of you are going, wow, how did he get such a revelation? <laughs> I am so smart. Everything means everything. I have given you everything that pertains to life. All means all. Everything or all that you need for life and godliness. That includes health, finances. But what do we look at? Pickup trucks? What do you need? Listen, this, this spirit of God this, that, that is in us, what we need to do, some of you, if you would let him walk around a little bit, ooh-wee, would your life be different? You might find out when you let him out, he'd start running and you have to up with him. You might be afraid of that. Say, I don't want to do that because he might require something of me. Yeah, that's the problem. See, it's one of those things, you know, I was one of those, listen, please, do not use me as an example. I just go, forget to ask permission, you know, you just, you don't ask permission, you just, just go ahead and you just go do it, you know. I'll just step out and do it and, you know, suffer whatever consequences. No. The thing of it is, is the Lord is going to require something of you, and He does. He requires a relationship with you, and He requires obedience. And I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm asking you a question that you and the Lord have got to sit down and decide. Are you being obedient to what Christ has for you today? Some of you can say yes, some of you can say no. My question then is what and who is stopping you from doing it? One of the problems we have today, and unfortunately it bleeds into the church too, there is zero people that want any kind of personal accountability for anything. It's not my fault. I shouldn't have to do it. Somebody should do it for me. And that is not the way you have to walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I, I can't, can't do it for you. I can... I can give you tools, I can encourage you, I can give you scripture verses, I can give you all this stuff, but you have to walk it out. You have to obey God. I truly believe that everybody was truly obeying Christ in what he's telling them. There would not be one area of this ministry that would lack in anything. I know God, I'm not yelling at you. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to encourage you that this power, this Holy Spirit that's within you, is powerful. It's God. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Think about that. I want you to think about that for just a second. Christ was dead. And, and if everybody's ever seen the Shroud of Torin, they have done that. They've tested that thing a gazillion different ways that they can test it. The only thing that they could come up with is it took a super, like a nuclear weapon type of power to imprint that, to imprint that image on that cloth. There's nothing known to man that they know that could do that. We know what it is. That power dwells in you. Miracle working power dwells in you? Yeah. So, then my question is, what problem, demon 
in hell can stop you. Do you know what? You've got to remind yourself. Satan is under our feet. We're not under his. Some people, you get up in the morning and you're thinking, oh, what kind of hell am I going to have to endure today? Oh, woe is me. God, are you in there anywhere? No, it should be when you swing your feet off the bed, it should vibrate hell. They should be, all the demons in hell should be saying, oh, up. I feel an excedrin headache coming on. Because that's the kind of power that we have. So listen, we go through circumstances. We go through devastating things. But do not allow the enemy to stop you from walking through it in the power of God that is already yours, that is in here. The enemy's trying to lie to you and tell you you don't have what you really have. Okay? And I'll give you an example. Your shirt is not yellow. It's red. Does anybody believe that? That is a red shirt. Anybody here colorblind? For healing right now. You can't miss it. Colorblind or not, that is yellow. Okay? Now, can I convince you that it's red? Why? Because you know the truth. And the truth has made you free of a lie. Now, if we know the truth and the Holy Spirit is within us, and He guides us in the truth, we know the truth, we should be made free, we should know lies immediately, and the lie says, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't be this, you can't, wrong. The power of God in us says, no, I can be, do all things that Christ says I can be and do. And guess what? It's time to be bold about that. I'm not talking about arrogant, but we just came through a season where... There was all kinds of witches and all kinds of stuff. Now, I listen, I am not a Facebook guy. I have one. And so if you've ever sent me a friend request and got crickets back, it's because I'm not on Facebook. I've got a Facebook account because I have to use my athletes because I send out stuff to the athletes' information. But I don't use it. So if you send me a friend request and I didn't send you one back, don't be offended by that. I, I just don't use it. But I was sending some stuff out, and I saw something popped up on the screen I'm telling you who's bold. Witches are bold. Satanists are bold. I mean, right out, blatant out, but, but, you know, we better not be bold. I'm not talking about being arrogant, but I'm talking about being who we are. The power of God, raised Christ from the dead, dwells in me. And this little imp to try to stop me from doing anything that God's called me to do or wants me to do or I desire to do, no, not happening. No. You've got to be obedient. Understand that, again, I can't emphasize this enough. Quit begging God for something He's already given you, okay? I've given this water to my wife. She doesn't have to beg for water. She's got water. Drink it. Now, I'm going to, here in the near future, I'm, I'm bringing in... <laughs> She drank my water. <laughs> Wait a second. There's got to be a scripture verse in there somewhere. Stealing, stealing another man's water. There's got to be something in here. But guess what she just did? She used the authority and the power that she was given. To do what? Quench her. Hello? What a revelation. The power of God is what? So that we can do all things that Christ has called us to do. 
Because now we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Because it's, it's not us, it's Him. And so I'm going to wind this thing down by just saying we need to understand this power that we have, that we've got to let it out and allow it to work and operate. See, it's more walking. And that's what we're talking about, walking in the Spirit. For years, I wonder, what does that mean? Walking in the Spirit. How do you do that? I mean, is it... No. The Spirit of Holy Spirit that lives in you, walk in that. Walk in that authority. Walk in that power. Walk in that peace. Walk in that joy. I'm going to tell you what. The 1-900 Miss Cleo is not going to give you peace even if she reads your future. No, that brings confusion. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. 1-900 Demon's not going to get her done. But I know the Holy Spirit that leads you and guides you into what? I always know when people are lying. Because they'll tell me, well, I'm doing such, such and what led you to that? Well, it was the, it, the Spirit of the Lord led me. No. The Spirit of the Lord leads you into all truth. If you're doing something contrary to what the truth is, the wrong spirit you're listening to. Yeah, yeah and please, don't blame God. Because you made a decision to walk your way. And it's really not your way. You see, rebellion has a leader. It's called Satan. So I'm going to do it my way. That was, that was free right there. You didn't think I could croon like that, did you? Yeah. So you did it your way. Well, your way has a leader. And it ain't God. He's got his way, and our way needs to be his way. And so understand, again, I'm going back to this, the Holy Spirit that's within you. I'm going to hear uh, probably next week, if I can get it all pulled together, the Lord has shown me something, that when the Holy Spirit, and I'm giving you a little pre preview, when the Holy Spirit, when you accept Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in, Holy Spirit enters you, but within the Holy Spirit, there's all kinds of stuff that's available to you that people don't tap into. I got the Holy Spirit, and I'm, and I'm born again, and I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, and I'm just a hanging on until he comes back. I'm sorry. I don't want to just hang on until he comes back. I want, to, I want to walk this thing out in joy and peace and... and, and, and yeah, the abundant, I want to live that abundant life the Bible talks about. The only way to do it is through the Spirit of God. And again, there's all kinds of stuff, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you such a visual that you can never misunderstand again how when the Spirit of God comes in and there's all these things, but you've got to open it up and let it out. I give my wife, now here, here we go again. I'm giving my wife this water. You're not allowed to drink it. All right. I've given her. She said, God. Ah, I need water. He says, all right, I've given it to you. God, I need water. I've given it to you. But she won't open it. It's right there. She's dying of thirst. I mean, she's getting ready to, you know, cash in. All she needs is drink water. I've got it, but I ain't opening it. That is what we do with the gifts of the Spirit. That's what we do with, you know, all these things that the Spirit has for us. They're in there. It's like Prego. It's in there. 
but I'm not opening it, and I'm not letting it out. <laughs> she already had a drink. Oh, I see. You're using that be being filled scripture. Be being filled. So just keep drinking, honey. I'm be being filled. It's not a one-time shot with the Lord. Continue to be filled. I do not know. I'm sorry. I don't know how we get so sideways in some of these sermons. Just having fun. Be being filled, baby. Just keep on drinking my water until nothing left, and I'm parched, and I drop over from, from dehydration. Praise God. All right, please, God, get me out of here. Okay. So we've established the enemy's trying to stop you. And we are overcomers. Why are we overcomers? Because the Spirit of God that dwells in us. If you are a born-again believer, if you are not a born-again confessing member of Jesus Christ, this doesn't work for you. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. Okay? If you want this, to, this power in your life, accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and then start walking this baby out. Are you going to be perfect? Heavens, no. If you're looking for perfect, you're in the wrong place. You know? I'm a man of God. I've been born again for a lot of years. Been in the ministry a lot of years. Imperfect. You know? You, my wife will tell you. Not perfect. But I know the power that I have, and I am an overcomer because of the Christ in me, the Holy Spirit that's in me. All right? So I don't have to beg God for anything. He's already given it to me. He's made me righteous. I don't have to try to be righteous. I just am. Why? Because of Christ. Only because of Him. So what do I need to do, though? I need to walk that righteousness out by His guiding and His leading. It's when unrighteousness comes when I decide, nope, I'm doing it my way. But He still covers me. Thank God for His grace and His mercy. Okay. I've probably confused a whole bunch of people about a whole bunch of stuff today, but I've had a really good time. So... I hope that you guys got something and understand. Because where I'm going with this, you've got to, if you don't understand the foundational concept of the Christ in you, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, that's the Holy Spirit, then when I'm getting ready to do my next, probably next week, isn't going to make sense to you. Okay? You've got to get a hold of that first. Because if you don't get a hold of that, then what you are forever doing is, I give my, I don't know why this keeps going back to water. I give my wife these 